0: So, you think you want to work in factual TV. So did we. And here we are, making a podcast all about the different roles in creating television. Maybe you're just starting out, or hoping to move up the career ladder. And I it because I just knew that that's what I wanted more than anything. I'm Lisa Fairbank. And I'm Julie Heathcote. The voice of reason. ideas people. And we've got a lot, a huge amount of experience producing award-winning TV shows. It might
1: not be realistic, it might not hit you're that channel. You're always so keen on that. Join us as we get the inside scoop on the reality of working in television. Anyone. I
0: tell you, there's no glamour. And stay tuned to the end of each episode where we ask our guests for their five top tips for career success. So, Harry, tip number four.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I tried. I really tried. I'm sorry.
1: We kick off the Is TV For Me podcast series with the extremely wonderful Faye Wheatley.
0: Yes, Faye is a very experienced casting producer because even though we
1: work in factual TV, casting is still a huge part of what we do finding people to be in our films with incredible stories to tell. And Faye is one of the best, and she's
0: worked on so many shows you'd have heard of. Dinner date, naked attraction, first date. And just a little heads up, there'll be a mention of psychs, which is just an abbreviation of psychologists, who can be signed up to talk to guests to make sure they're in a good enough headspace to be on TV. Hello Faye, nice to see you. It's been a while. Lovely to be here and thank you very
2: much for inviting me.
0: Well you are the queen of all things casting so we're like we thought we'd get you Mm -hmm. on to talk about that. So first of all tell us what does a casting producer do Faye?
2: A casting producer is kind of the link between the senior editorial team and then the rest of the casting team and they are kind of um, in charge of making sure there is an amazing cast for Uh, whichever TV program it is so they would start you know some most of the time you'd start off literally from from the bottom so building the protocols for the casting period uh, building you know the phone chats what kind of questions we're going to ask start to come up with an idea of where we would find these sorts of people and then once the team are on board kind of be that guidance um, to help them out where we're going to look cover all grounds let's find some amazing people and then sort of be that first port of call um, when the people do start coming in so you can start judging who might be right who might not what are we missing where else do we need to look and then as I say kind of that link between then the senior team who would then decide which people are, are going to be signed off or
1: are going to go to the commissioner. So what kind of programs have you worked on? Wow.
2: so I have worked on a range of different programs. I started off doing a lot of dating shows back in my early career when I was a researcher which I loved um, because they are just so different all the time like even though you think a dating show is a dating show they're not they're always so different and it's so fun trying to match the contributors up and and all of that so I love 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 doing a dating show Um, but I've also I've done lots of lots of different ones I've I've done property I've done um, feature doc I've done a, an amazing, lovely documentary with your lovely selves for Sky Arts about yeah. football fans. <laughs> you did an amazing job. Okay.
0: You found 44 uh, football fans who all could sing, and that was quite an achievement. I suppose people don't automatically associate casting with non-scripted television, do they?
2: No, and I guess when I talk about a cast, what I mean then is a contributor or people that are going to appear on the programme. So yeah, they're not actors. They are real people with real stories. Um, And sometimes those stories are harder to dig out, you know, sometimes it's not obvious if somebody is a a dead cert for that programme. Sometimes um, you do have to dig a bit deeper and yeah, there's real people with real stories who um, have something to share, basically.
1: Beautifully explained. And just so that um, I get a better sense of it, are you you would normally be working in a team right? or do you at times work alone?
2: Yeah it can be an absolute mixture of things. I've worked independently on projects um, and for example that might be more common if it's say a funded development so an idea that's sort of going through the idea stage and it hasn't necessarily been signed off yet they might just get one person one casting producer to to cover that um and i've led teams right up to sort of 10 people so yeah it really just depends on on
1: the project okay so how what is the career progression then specifically into the area of casting
2: so generally speaking obviously some people do find different ways in but everyone obviously has to to start their time as a runner which is brilliant by the way i absolutely adored being a runner because you just meet so many amazing people you get to have so many opportunities to go on location to do all the little jobs that you might actually not ever
1: do again in your career and- we agree with you faye we say it all the time if you um go at it with the right attitude a runner's role is a fantastic fantastic introduction to the world of telly
2: yeah a hundred percent like i loved being a runner but yes you start as a runner and then as i say generally you would get a, a role as a junior researcher or a researcher on a um on a show where you'd be casting so generally then you would normally start out maybe doing quite a lot of targeting so what i mean by that is spreading the word and then from there you would become an assistant producer um, so then you get a little bit more responsibility. Maybe you do a few more of, of the, the actual phone calls, the contributors, the Zoom calls, and then you become a casting producer. But it's, it's not a quick road. It does take a long time. And especially if you want to be good at what you do it should take a long time to get there i think because it's best to to really like know yourself and know that you've got those skills down before you try and step up to the next one so for me it was about 8 or 9 years before i became casting producer
0: because you're dealing with real people who've got real lives yep. and real problems and actually when things go wrong there are real life implications for that and i think if you're not experienced then you don't necessarily have the kind of life skills to handle that,
2: yeah, a hundred percent, yeah, and that's um actually yeah one of one of the job, jobs of a casting producer actually being that person that you know once once the contributors had their Zoom call and they're all excited and they're they're signed off or they're on their way to being signed off, um the casting producer normally would kind of take over handhold them through the rest of the experience and inevitably you're going to get people who have a bit of a wobble or you know they tell their boss that they want to do this program and the boss isn't happy with that or you know a whole range of other things and as the casting producer yeah you're you're there to to hold their hand to guide them through to make sure it's definitely the right um thing for them to do to be on on the program and then be with them usually through the actual shooting as well and and even just afterwards to to check in on them and stuff yeah
1: because actually that is there, there is a big responsibility there because as a casting producer you would be feeding back to uh, direct director the series producer the exec but having been in this situation myself multiple times, I will defer to your better knowledge, or casting producer's better knowledge of that contributor and will presume if they say this person is able to fully understand the implications of taking part and is robust enough to do it, then we will proceed accordingly. I will also be respectful if you say, I think they're great, but there are issues there. Maybe we need to just get a psych involved or actually I, even though I have thought they were great I think it's a no. Yeah it's
2: a high pressure job really because as you say you know you that sometimes are up against a lot of targets as well you know naked attraction which I've done you know those pods have to have bodies in them but at the same time yeah you have to sort of learn when it's actually in the contributor's best interest for that to not go ahead because the last thing you want then is later down the line the show can't air because this problem reoccurs or this issue reoccurs and things become um, a bit trickier so so yeah it's a it's a very demanding
1: role. Actually naked attraction is a really good example. example. It's a great example of something of like like how the hell does that get cast season after season? Yeah,
2: Naked Attraction was a was a tough one, I must admit. It's one of those that's on the CV and people kind of say, oh, wow, if you've done that, then, you know, you can do anything, basically. Um, And yeah, it's just it's just being just being really just not stopping, basically. I mean, with casting generally, it's, it's usually a numbers game, but especially a show like that, it's just it's a real numbers game. And obviously, the more people you get the message out to, eventually, the more people will come back and say yes. But again, that's a really delicate one with, with people, you know, do they really know what they're getting themselves into here? That's going to be on 4, all 4, Channel 4, whatever they call it now, um, forever, you know. So, um, yeah, it's, that, is, that is a tough one. Yeah, full respect. Full respect. We've never full asked. frontal respect,
0: <laughs> in fact. How did you get your sort of foot on the ladder of TV?
2: Yeah, so I always knew I wanted to work in TV. You know, I did media at school and then at college, so I always, always knew that was what I wanted to do. Um, and then, without the life story, I had to have some knee surgery after um, college, so I didn't go to uni or anything like that. And I ended up just working in a, a well-known sports shop for for quite a while, um, and just sort of got a bit stuck there, really. And then I just one day had this epiphany, blowing up footballs in the back stock room, of that like this cannot be my, my life, like. I I need to be a tv producer like I'm gonna be a tv producer you know I'm just from a small seaside town um so I did go to uni um in the end I you don't have to go to uni can I just um say but I did go to uni and I studied tv production first of all at Brighton University and then I did my third year at Ravensbourne which is a sort of media university and I just got I I worked so hard because I knew that is what I wanted and I I won a little award at Ravensbourne and I um my prize was an industry mentor who was Richard Thompson at at Wall at the time the MD there Richard just gave me so much confidence and he said look just contact all the companies just email all the companies tell them what shows you love tell them why you love their show in particular um, and why you'd love to work for them and you know, you've just got to be right place at the right time, sort of thing. So that's exactly what I did. And um, a lovely company called Optiman got back to me and said, um, "Yeah, we need an office runner." So I had my interview and they left me a voicemail while I was in sports shop uh, a few days later just saying yeah we'd love to offer you the job and it was a nine-month office runner contract and I cried my eyes out and was shaking as I handed in my notice and um, yeah I started there. Put me on Great British Menu then they put me on to Gordon Ramsay's Costa Dale Nightmares as a junior researcher and then that was it. I was, I was on my way. Went off to do Gogglebox after that and And then, yeah, just worked up after that.
1: Well done, girl. Amazing. Really well done. And actually, that is um, sort of an excellent example of once you've got your foot in that door, you make that work for yourself by working incredibly hard yeah. and then actually in our industry unless you're very unlucky people can be nurturing and supportive and they will professionally develop you
2: even if you don't have that person you know even if you get an office runner job at a company like i did you know the feedback from them to me was that even if we just asked you to put paper in the printer you did it with a big smile on your face like as if it we'd asked you to to do some incredible amazing job you know I just I, I showed up every single day I was on that 5am train from Eastbourne every single day not getting home till eight nine o'clock at night um, and I just grafted and I grafted and I grafted because I just knew that that's what I wanted more than anything.
1: So why casting specifically?
2: Um, I think I just love I genuinely just love people and I just genuinely am curious about people their stories um, digging out those stories everyone has a story you just have to maybe ask the right questions sometimes to get it when you ring someone and you tell them oh this is Faye from First Dates or whatever show it is they will just spill they will tell you everything everything it's a privilege to be honest, it's a real privilege and honour to, to hear some of the stories that you hear and I think when I was working on the, the Kitchen Nightmares show I was just a junior researcher then and I was literally stuffing envelopes all day to send flyers out and I could hear the casting team on the phone and they, you know, the way they were just laughing and having banter on the phone and, you know, but then also having the serious questions as well and sometimes crying even, you know, I just thought yes, like that,
0: that's that's me. Does it ever get too much?
2: Yes. Yeah, it can. It can. You can sometimes need to go and have a little debrief with with someone else. Um, Because this, yeah, this is it. Like, you know, you ask one question to someone and they might, yeah, tell you just the most sad heartbreaking story that's happened or actually sometimes something that you really relate to and it triggers something within you that maybe you hadn't thought about yourself for a long time and then you know someone tells you something and you you're like oh wow yeah so um yeah it can definitely can get too much it can be exhausting especially if you're zooming people sort of back to back all day or on the phone all day you have to sort of put on your your TV, I call it TV Fay. you have to put TV Faye on and I have to, you know, be smiley and energetic. And even if I'm tired or even if I've had a really bad day or, you know, you have to keep that up because they are excited to talk to you. They think I might be on telly. So you have to give that, you know, give that back to them. So, yeah, it is. It can be exhausting.
1: OK, my next question is what kind of person, Faye, do you think um, this particular role would suit?
2: So I would say if you want to work in casting, you definitely need to be um, somebody who is a people person. You need to enjoy talking to people. If you don't like talking to people, you don't like people, full stop, then casting definitely isn't for you. Um, I think as well you have to be quite patient um, because casting doesn't always generate results Instantly, um, depending on the the type of show you're doing, especially if you're doing a first series as well, you know you need people to to trust what you're doing because they haven't heard of it before. Sometimes it doesn't even have a name, so um, you have to be very patient um, to to get to the bottom of things. And then I just think you need to be very um, you need to be empathetic and you just need to be adaptable. Basically, you need to be able to to laugh and have banter with with somebody on the phone one minute, but then also be comforting and not their best friend because obviously you don't that's a bit of a blurred line but be you know that kind of best friend ear in the next minute listening to them and and reassuring them and so yeah definitely sort of adaptable as well I'd say.
0: Quite assertive I think as well like you have to sometimes be a bit clear with people about it's not that kind of show (laughs) or this is the kind of behaviour we'll be expecting because people sometimes come to these things with not quite the right ideas about stuff, don't they?
2: Yeah, no, that's right. And sometimes people might sign up for something for a bit of a laugh or, you know, because their mate has signed them up for it for a laugh. So, yeah, you definitely have to be someone who's a bit on the ball as well to notice those kinds of people and, and get, them, get them in line or bring them back out of themselves and remind them what we loved about them in the first place.
1: And um, my final question is around the trickiest scenario or the hardest person that's been... Type of person it's been defined.
2: I mean, I will probably c- go away from this afterwards and think, oh, why didn't I say that? But I, I don't know if I can name one exact trickiest search. I would say each show brings its own challenges. Definitely, first dates matching was tricky because people trust and love that show so much. Like it matches for love, it doesn't match for TV. So you know, we're not matchmakers we've not not got a degree in in matching but we would have to really find people that would really really match as if we were like a bespoke dating agency so I have trawled the streets of all sorts of cities and towns football matches jazz clubs like I've all over and you are looking for somebody who is so specific you know like especially celebrity first dates the celebs on that w- would be really de- demanding or really picky about what they were looking for to the extent of what they look like, how tall they are. They must have a beard, they must not. Um, you know, just all of these sorts of things and um, you have to find that because if, if you don't, the commissioner says, well, they said they wanted this, so why have you brought me that? So, um, so definitely matching for, for dating shows, I would say. Is there any, any particular cast
0: member... Or contributor that you're especially proud of
2: so 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 many and you know the nice thing is as well some of them keep in touch as well like so I've got a you know if you are going to go into casting my advice would be set up a, a casting Instagram because people you know people do want to stay in touch and um, and it's really nice but yeah even people from First Dates Hotel which I worked on probably seven six seven years ago like we're still in touch on on instagram now um so yeah no loads i i couldn't even mention one
1: we should do our top five yes, tips so um tip numero uno
2: Okay, uh, tip number one is, yeah, like, be social media savvy, basically. Um, A lot of casting nowadays, um, since COVID happened, is done on social media. So just be all on top of your social media, your trends, your following people, all of that stuff.
0: Tip number two, Faye. Next tip, be
2: a people person um, because as I say if you if you don't like people and you're not interested in, in digging to find their stories or even just having a chat with them in the first place then casting's definitely not for you. Um, also sort of work on your persuasion skills as well because although you know if, if someone's a no somebody is a no fair enough but a lot of the time people just have little wobbles and um, it's your job to, to bring them back on board so the art of persuasion as well.
1: Very good. Tip number
2: three. Be organised. Uh, I have millions of spreadsheets when I'm casting something, whether it's places I've contacted, places I want to contact, um, people that I've contacted, types of people that we're finding, types of people that I want to find. I always love to have a little brainstorm as well about um, the types of stories that I'd love to find and then I sort of put myself in their shoes and think, right, if I was a 45-year-old single mum from... Manchester what would I do with my Wednesday mornings and uh, try and then find those places on Instagram or whatever it is um, to target them.
1: Tip number four Faye.
2: Next top tip I would say is to not just have your mind in casting but to also think about the bigger picture um, and what we call the editorial of the programme. Again let's go back to data shows because I've done loads. If this person is going to go on a date what is going to happen on that date? You know, what might they be able to reveal to their date a bit later on? Or, you know, what icks have they told me that then if we got someone who does have that slight ick, but ticks every other box that they've asked for, how will they, you know, get around that? So, yeah, just always thinking about sort of the bigger picture within the programme and not just that one Contributor,
0: so you're thinking about storylines as well as character.
2: A hundred percent, yeah. Like the the casting is the base of everything. I think
1: it is, Faye. We agree with you. <laughs> Tip number five. Tip
2: number five. So tip number five, I would say, is to just always be thinking laterally, always be thinking outside the box. It does take a lot of detective work. So um, just having having your head in all kinds of places. So not just thinking like, oh, I'll just post a flyer on social media, you know, that's it. Like I say, maybe putting your mind into, okay, I want to find this type of person. What might they be interested in? I'm going to hit up the yoga studio. I'm going to hit up the football club. And also, um, yeah, like news articles. Like you know, even local news articles. You know, you might find some incredible story, and then you get finding them, and suddenly they're your your main contributor.
1: Yeah, you're right because we've often come up against a sort of a, a dead end, or we've been told to push back for something else, and then it that is when the the best casting producers like yourself a, are kind of like right, I will sit Dig down. down. I've got a plan D E oh, and F. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that's why we love you.
0: Well, thank you so much. That was so great.
2: No, thank you.
0: So that's it for this episode of Is TV For Me. We'd love you to join us again. And there's lots more info on our website or check us out on Instagram. And do listen out for more from us wherever you get your podcasts.